Pastor Xavier Reese warns it's a fearful thing to fall into the hands of the living God. People will be confronted by Jesus regarding taking his name in vain. He said it himself. Listen carefully. Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, shall enter the kingdom of heaven, but he who does the will of my Father in heaven. Many will say to me in that day, Lord, Lord, have we not prophesied in your name? And then I will declare to them, I never knew you. Depart from me, you who practice lawlessness. Welcome to Simple Truths, the daily half-hour study of God's Word with Xavier Reese, Senior Pastor of Calvary Chapel of Pasadena, California. Recapping what we've learned in our Simple Truths series of the Ten Commandments so far is that the first commandment concerns the object of our worship, Jehovah, and Him only. The second commandment concerns the way in which God will be worshipped and the prohibition to worship Him by images. And now the third commandment concerns the manner of our worship that it's to be done with all possible reverence and seriousness. Pastor Xavier begins our third study titled, God is to be Honored. The editor of a small weekly newspaper in um, a town in in the West was uh, needing something to fill their weekly column. And so he had his um, compositor set up the Ten Commandments and ran them without making any editorial comment. Three days after the paper was published, he received a letter saying, quote, Please cancel my subscription. You're getting too personal. It is amazing, the power of God's word. Today, we live in a world of liberal progressivism that has gone crazy with license. They can say and do whatever they want, regardless of if it's unpatriotic, whether it's vulgar, whatever it may be. But if you, as a conservative, declare any objective truth or a belief in God, they can't tolerate you. And yet one day, they will stand before the same holy God that was there at Mount Sinai, and they will give an account for these Ten Commandments that have been given to Moses. Not under law but simply breaking them down as the vertical and the horizontal plane as we've seen. Love for God and love for his fellow man. But the main thing is the relationship with God. And no one will escape. As we continue here, our series of the Ten Commandments, we come to the third commandment, which we want to examine from a threefold perspective. Let me read here verse 7. It says, uh, you shall not take the name of the Lord your God in vain, for the Lord will not hold him guiltless who takes his name in vain. Short, precise, to the point. Here's the threefold perspective. First, the proclamation of the third commandment. That's the first part. Secondly, the explanation for the third commandment, and that follows. And then lastly, we want to look at the relationship of the third commandment to the first two commandments. Take note that the people being addressed in the third commandment once again are the people of God. There's the theocracy, the people that God has taken from Egypt. You shall not. It's in the negatives. We'll note again. The prohibition once again is personal. You shall. As the first and the second word, the commandments, here again, individual Jew. The nation's a corporate body of, uh, of the Lord Yahweh, yet he deals with with personal accountability. 
It's great that God can save an entire family, but each individual must make that decision if they're going to be saved, and their judgment will be individual. God has no grandchildren. And so the command is like the first and the second, and it's to not only the Jews there, but to all future generations, because that's who he's talking to in the context. Now, the prohibition is without exception, be it father, mother, son, daughter. doesn't make any difference. Notice the prohibition regards the third word here. Like the first, it is in the negative. You've got eight negatives that fall into this category, the first, the third, and the sixth, and the tenth. And then you've got two positives, the fourth and the fifth. The term word, we have to refer, remember, we're taking them one at a time, so we don't want to lose sight. In the opening statement, the word word, there means a declaration. I know we usually commonly call them the Ten Commandments. Literally, they are the Ten Words, but the word is declaration. These are God's declarations, very basic, very straightforward, but they are pillars. They are huge pillars that hold up society, that hold up morality, ethics, that hold up order in a life of civility. Literally, the Ten Words of the Scriptures, written with the finger of God, written on both sides of the tablets of stone by God himself. These are not Moses' ideas. These were not borrowed from Egypt or from any of the people they were going to move into the land and remove them. This is God's revelation. But notice also the third commandment was a prohibition against dishonoring the name of God. It says, you shall not take the name of the Lord your God in vain. The phrase to take the name refers to taking to oneself for one's benefit. This is the context here. And... Um, Again, the word take there means to lift up, to bear, or to refer to by an individual to pronounce it with the mouth, misusing it, literally the lips. It presupposes personal privilege of knowing Yahweh. That's basic. It presupposes a person's responsibility for such an action, and it presupposes accountability to God. For the particular action, he's the one delivering it. It also presupposes the desire to avail oneself of the power, the presence, the knowledge of God who is invoked in the petition or credited for the response. He's the vehicle. He's the instrument here. It presupposes the ability to keep the commandment, to not take the name of the Lord, their God, in vain. Because God doesn't command you or I anything but what he first enables us to do, right? So it comes down to a matter of choice, not inability. Now, the name of the Lord is a major subject in Scripture if you've ever read the Bible from Genesis to Revelation. There are so many. We could stay here literally for hours. Let me give you a few. Just listen. In Exodus 15, 3, when uh, Moses was in Egypt, it says, But indeed, for this purpose I have raised you up, that I may show my power in you and that my name may be declared in all the earth. Talking about Pharaoh. My name. Exodus 15.3. I'm sorry, that was Exodus 9.16. Exodus 15.3. The Lord is a man of war. The Lord is his name. God waged many wars. The Lord is his name. Yahweh. 
In Deuteronomy 6.13, you shall fear the Lord Yahweh your God and serve him and shall take an oath in his name. This is not a prohibition to take oaths. In fact, the law said when you take an oath, you take it in my name. Deuteronomy 10.8. At that time, the Lord Yahweh separated the tribes of Levi to bear the ark, the covenant of the Lord Yahweh, to stand before the Lord Yahweh, to minister to him, and to bless in his name to this day. The Levi were to bless in his name. Deuteronomy 18.19. And it shall be that whoever will not hear my words, which he speaks in my name, I will require it of them. Deuteronomy 18.20. But the prophet who presumes to speak a word in my name, which I have not commanded him to speak, or who speak in the name of other gods, that prophet shall die. Because he's violating God's name. Let me give you one more. Deuteronomy 32.3. For I proclaim the name of the Lord Yahweh. Ascribe greatness to our God. Those but a few. The people of God, notice, were to respect and honor the name of Yahweh then. When Moses again was in Egypt there in Exodus 3.15, God told Moses to tell the children of Israel that when he returned to Egypt, he was to say, this is my name Forever, And this is my memorial to all generations in Exodus 3.15. This is my name forever. It's a covenant name. Revealing his person, authority, his power, his fame, all that he was, his character, and his reputation. Your name. We know nothing about this today. But a couple of generations back even, yeah, about two. Your name and everything. Your family name. You honor your, fa- your father's name. Your name is better than any riches. If your character goes, then your name is mud. The name was a memorial to all generations. His acts, his mighty deeds, promises, his glory to all generations. In fact, as we've mentioned, the word here is Yahweh... God's revelation of himself, which is the tetragrammaton called because the four consonants, Y, H, W, H, or V, H. And no vowels were written, but this wasn't originally like that. This came about after the Babylonian captivity. And it's very clear from the third century on. Because they were afraid they had, they, that it was so holy they wouldn't speak it. But that was an extreme that God never commanded. God said, you take oaths in my name. You say Yahweh. God never intended for us not to know how it's pronounced. It was their extremism coming out of Babylonian captivity, and they're going to protect the law. But God never intended that. In fact, God wanted them to pronounce it and declare it because he would hold them responsible under that name. It's the singular verb to be, to happen. It means continuing, unfinished action. I am being that I am being. Active presence, as we've noted before. He that will be, he that is, and he that was. I will be that I will be. Expressing perfect, unconditional, and independent, eternal self-existence. We can only understand the words. (laughs) We have no idea what that even entails. Because we're very finite. Very limited. 
The phrase, I am Yahweh, depicts his character again. And has been said to constitute who he is. All that he is. All he says. And all he does. In fact, the formula asserts his authority. He is the one, the only one, that always is sufficient for the need of his people. No one else. Now, the people of God were not to be treacherous to the name of Yahweh then. Because this is what he's talking about. Treachery. There's a relationship going on here. Nor is the particular reason being that they were identified with him. There's a phrase again, your God. He was their personal God. He repeats it. It's a horrific betrayal. This is the emphasis because of the relationship. Yahweh was their God through past covenants of the patriarchs. Remember that we've read in Exodus 3.15. Moreover, God said to Moses, Thus you shall say to the children of Israel, The Lord Yahweh Elohim, our father, or of your father, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, has sent me to you. Though they were in bondage and they had disconnected from God, the covenant was remembered by God. 430 years earlier, God made a covenant with Abraham. There's a relationship to what's happened. This didn't happen out of a vacuum. In fact, Leviticus 26, 12 says, I will walk among you and be your God, and you shall be my people. Have you ever thought about that? I will walk among you and be your God, and you shall be my people. Do you realize what a privilege that is? That God walks in the midst of us. He is in us. And sometimes we can forget the privilege. We can forget the awesome relationship we have with the creator of this world, the Redeemer. Therefore, the, rest, the particular restriction was not to take his name through the lips for an oath, but to take it in vain, which means emptiness, worthlessness, with the sense of falsehood or false swearing. The idea is of using, referring to, or expressing the name of God in a common or dishonest way without respect in view of who he is. Losing sight, perspective. Notice the channel is the tongue of man. If you've ever read the book of James, James has an interesting uh, commentary in chapter 2, verse 5 through 9. Listen to it. Even so the tongue is a little member that boasts great things. See how great a forest a little fire kindles. And the tongue is a fire, a world of iniquity. The tongue is so set among our members that it defiles the whole body. It sets afire the course of nature and it is set on fire by hell. For every kind of beast and bird and reptiles and creatures of the sea is tamed and has been tamed by mankind. These huge elephants, these fierce lions, but we can't tame the beast behind the ivory cage. It's a poison. It destroys. But no man can tame the tongue. It is an unruly evil, full of deadly poison. With it, we bless our God and Father, and with it, we curse men who have been made in the similitude of God. And we can become very common in place with such an attitude. And we should not. Psalm 34, 13 says, Keep your tongue from evil and your lips from speaking deceit. Let me let you in a secret about your pastor. I have to work at this because my bent is towards evil. I'm a sinner. 
Listen how it describes it in these other psalms. Psalm 39.1. I said, I will guard my ways lest I sin with my tongue. I will restrain my mouth with a muzzle. That's great advice. While the wicked are before me. Now we know what to get for each other for Christmas. <laughs> Psalm 50 verse 19 says, You give your mouth to evil and your tongue frames deceit. Oh, how picturesque. We try to make it look so nice, but it's poison. Psalm 52, 2. Your tongue devises destruction like a sharp razor working deceitfully. Here, let me, let me trim your hair and I cut your head off. Psalm 64, 3. Who sharpen their tongue like a sword and bend their bows to shoot their arrows. Bitter words. What a picture. No greater way is this point illustrated than the false prophets who took God's name in vain. Listen to, to Jeremiah 14, 14. And the Lord Yahweh said to me, The prophets prophesy lies in my name. I have not sent them, commanded them, nor spoken to them. They prophesy to you a false vision, divination, a worthless thing, and the deceit of their heart. There you have taking the Lord's name in vain very, very clearly. People take the name of God in vain when they swear under oath in the name of God and then lie. This does not prohibit taking an oath in court because we are subject to the laws of the land and we do it for giving witness of the integrity of our information. Perjury is one of the greatest offenses, both moral and ethical, in that it will undermine and destroy a civilization from being orderly, safe, and productive. That's why a nation is faltering. Because there's no integrity. People will lie to you. Professionals will lie to you. That's why we're in this house mess because people lied about the applications of loans fraudulently. And they took their piece of the pie and now we are holding the bag. You understand? The Egyptians punished perjury by death, by the way. In the law, if you ever intended to do something to someone by perjuring yourself, what you intended to have done to them would be done to you. So it was very difficult for you to find somebody to go in with you to agree with you because they would receive the same punishment. They would say, no way. You see, ladies and gentlemen, the reason that we are where we are is because we have removed all consequences. So we have destroyed authority. Consequences will give you authority in a civilization. Nobody gets what they deserve in their crime today. Jesus said, let your yes be yes, your no, no. Be a person of integrity. A person of your word. Let God be true, every man a liar, Paul says in Romans 3, 4. People take the name of God in vain, using the name of God in every sentence vainly. I'm talking about Christians, without reverence. To pass themselves off as spiritual sometimes. Which is really far worse than the person who's damning the name of God, who's a non-believer. We say, oh, how horrible. But sometimes Christians, they just talk, oh yeah, praise God, the Lord's doing this, and they come back and marry and you know, and, 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 and you're not thinking through the words. I mean, you should use the name of Jesus very, very cautiously thinking it through 
intelligently. Oh, you know, the Lord spoke to me and the Lord didn't tell you, Jack. <laughs> That's taking the Lord's name in vain. And we do this as Christians. Deuteronomy 28, 58 says, If you do not carefully observe all the words of this law that are written in the book, that you may fear his glorious and awesome name, the Lord Yahweh, your God Elohim. Fear. That's the basic failure of today. We've lost the fear of God, of his name. People take the name of God in vain when they go to church and they don't live out what they are taught or learned. Paul the Apostle tells them, the Jews in Romans 2.24, for the name of God is blasphemed among the Gentiles because of you. There's such bad examples in the church today. You know, if you're a businessman and you have a fish on your truck, you better make sure you're honest. If not, God will get you. You may get the customer right now. He'll get you. If not here, he'll get you there. People take the name of God's name in vain by praying to God and not trusting him. By learning God's word and not believing it. Both are unbelief. Listen to the principle. Paul gives it to the Romans in Romans 14, 23 when he says, But he who doubts is condemned if he eats because he does not eat from faith. For whatever is not from faith is sin. He's talking about meats and vegetables, but the principle is what's not of faith is sin. And faith always points to the revelation of God. If I don't believe the word of God, that's sin to me. You understand? I'm taking this word as vain, empty. People take the name of God in vain by misrepresenting the word of God to people. They twist it. Listen to 2 Peter 3.16. And also in all his epistles, speaking of Paul, speaking in them of things, of these things, in which are some things hard to understand, which untaught and unstable people twist to their own destruction as they do also the rest of Scripture. You make sure you do good exposition. If I make a mistake in exposition, my intent is not to make the mistake. I'm doing my homework and trying to stay with integrity within the text, in the context, with the historical background, doing good work. But if I approach the Word of God flippantly and just say what I want, not doing the study, I'm taking God's Word in vain. Jesus said in Matthew 23, 14 and 15, Well, to you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites, for you devour widows' houses, and for pretense make long prayers. Therefore you will receive greater condemnation. Woe to you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites, for you travel land and sea to win one proselyte, and when you won, you make him twice as much a son of hell as yourself. These pastors that are manipulating people, fleecing people, people who rip off people, woe to them. You understand? It happens from the pew in the pulpit. You understand? On both ends. People will be confronted by Jesus regarding taking his name in vain. He said it himself. Listen carefully. Matthew 7, 21 and 23. Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, shall enter the kingdom of heaven, but he who does the will of my Father in heaven. Many will say to me in that day, Lord, Lord, have we not prophesied in your name? Cast out demons in your name? Done many works in your name? And then I will declare to them, I never knew you. Depart from me. You who practice lawlessness. Pretty heavy, isn't it? What a warning that should put fear in my heart. It should cause me to examine my life more and more. Because I'm not perfect. 
Pastor Xavier Reese has been revealing the subtle and not-so-subtle ways of violating the third commandment, You shall not take the name of the Lord your God in vain. And there's much more of this message to come next time, but if your schedule won't permit you to tune in, as always, you can pick up a copy. And the title you want to ask for is simply, God is to be honored. It's available on CD for just $4. And this might be a study you'd like to pass on to someone in your church or Bible study when you're through. Now, once again, the title to ask for is God is to be honored, or simply mention today's date. You can request your copy by writing Simple Truths, 2200 East Colorado Boulevard, Pasadena, California, 91107. Or to make a request by phone, call 800-926-1485. Again, that's 800-926-1485. Or the address once again is Simple Truths, 2200 East Colorado Boulevard, Pasadena, California, 91107. And thanks for mentioning the call letters of this station when you get in touch. This helps us track the effectiveness of this ministry in your area. And then join us for more Simple Truths next time with Pastor Xavier Reese. Simple Truths with Pastor Xavier Reese, a daily half-hour broadcast, is a radio ministry of Calvary Chapel of Pasadena, California www.calvarychapelpasadena.com